Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So, I'm recording this on Saturday, the day after the Miami Heat beat the Chicago Bulls to advance to the playoffs. And I'm not going to lie, last night was kind of fun. I, I got to say, I know a lot of Heat fans were on Twitter saying they wanted to lose and I was somewhat in that crowd as well because I wanted the higher pick. We're going to get into that later. But as last night started progressing, man, it was so hard for me to not have fun just the way that game was going. But before we get into that, I want to first welcome you back to Believe in the Miami Heat, brought to you by the Believe Network. And as always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. Now, we are on the audio and the video version today. If you want to watch me, I'm on YouTube. Just search Anthony DiNardo. Uh, and if you are on the video side, you see we got a little new setup here. I got the Game 6 Ray Allen backdrop in the background. Figured it was appropriate now that we're officially at playoff time. But before we get into that that game last night against the Bulls, I do want to talk about that game versus the Hawks because in my last video, I predicted that the Heat would uh, dominate them. Uh, and it was the complete opposite. I should not be surprised. It was the same Heat team we've seen all year. Not able to shoot, not able to rebound. Uh, for some reason, the blind uh, I had some blind faith that the fan in me was just super optimistic something would be different. It wasn't. But I got a whole bunch of notes on that game, so I kind of want to get through those now. The first thing I wrote down is uh, earlier in the game when Bam had DeJounte Murray on his back and nobody looked to give Bam out of the ball. Initially, I was frustrated because teams attack our mismatches all the time. And I feel like he do a very poor job of attacking mismatches on the other team whenever there's a switch. Because we know that he'd have been kidding, uh, getting killed in switches all year. So I really wanted them to look for Bam in the post there. But then I started thinking, well, there's a lot of times this year where Bam Adebayo had a smaller guard on his back, and then he'd get the ball in the post and then just fumble the ball, put up a terrible hook shot. Because the problem is he has no post game, and he's very soft. That was the most frustrating uh, thing to me about that game is how soft he was getting sunned by Clint Capella. I mean, I'm getting a little, little out of topic here, but that was the one play specifically early on that I noticed because after the game, Bam Adebayo even said that uh, he, his teammates need to look to give him the ball more. That quote went pretty viral. Uh, and yeah, they, they do need to do a better job of getting you the ball in the post. But at the same time, if you're a star, if you want to be a superstar, you need to demand the ball in the game. Now, I don't know if he was or he wasn't, but I certainly didn't see Bam get irritated in the game that he wasn't getting the ball. A guy like Shaq, for example, uh, if he has a mismatch in the post and his teammate does not get him the ball, Shaq is probably swinging on his teammates the very next play. Now, I don't want to compare Bam to Shaq, and I also don't want to say Bam should swing on his teammates, but point is, Shaq would demand the ball. I didn't see that from Bam in the game, and I didn't like how after the game is when he was saying, oh, my teammates got to find me uh, in the post. Man, demand the ball. You want to be a star player, you get the ball. That's on you. That's not on your teammates. I guarantee you if you yell at if you yell at whoever brought the ball up the court, whether it was Gabe Vincent or Tyler Hill, if you yell at them, say, y'all missed me, get me the ball, they'd get you the ball. And I didn't see that from Bam, and it's because he's soft. And I'm still mad about it, even though he had a, I was going to say somewhat of a bounce back versus the Bulls, but we'll get into that. Uh, the next note I wrote here is just simply Kevin loved brick three. It was earlier in the game. Uh, they said something like, oh, Kevin Love, uh, floor spacer for the Heat. Got the three, barely hit the rim. Why is he on this team if he can't space the floor or rebound? That's the two things we brought him on this team to do. He is really frustrating to me. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, there was uh, the next note. Tyler Hero took a terrible transition three with Bam wide open under the rim. Uh, a lot of people 
were mad about that Tyler Hero high-level role player song, uh, especially I had a line that said he takes terrible transition threes. That is literally exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know how you can watch that game and then get mad or disagree with a lyric like that. I mean, especially when that's all jokes anyways, but I, he, he had a, a poor performance that game as well. Uh, well, he shot over 50%, but there's still a lot of things I, I, I didn't like from him as far as shot selection. I see, also remember several instances where he brought the ball down the court and it was quite literally zero passes. And then he'd settle for some tough fadeaway or, or uh, tr uh, contested three. Uh, his shot selection is horrible and he really stagnates the offense and is starting to get frustrated. Jimmy Butler was obviously terrible. He missed a ton of layups. Uh, Kyle Lowry was really the only positive from that game. Uh, he had some plays I didn't like, but I mean, he shot the lights out. I, I can't be mad at him. Uh, and it does suck that you got a Kyle Lowry rare resurgence performance all for, uh, all for nothing, all to get blown out. Uh, there was a lot of incompetence. There's another play I wrote from Tyler Hero where he jumped in the air without knowing where he's passing, threw it to Caleb Martin, and then ran right into Caleb Martin that uh, was very frustrating because that's some like lower level middle school JV team stuff. Like that's, that's basketball 101. You don't jump in the air without knowing where you're passing the ball. And then when you do pass the ball, you don't run the same direction as the guy and bring your defender to him. It's just basic stuff like that that I continue to see guys like Tyler Hero make those mistakes. Uh, and it's, it, it gets me upset <laughs> because he's getting a lot of money next year to be a star player. And I don't think he's anywhere close. Uh, now, on one positive, he still is kind of young, so I'm not going to say I'm completely out on him, but that is going to be one of the worst contracts in the league, in my opinion. Uh, what else do I got here? Uh, the offensive rebounds obviously killed Miami the third period. Uh, Capella had like 21 rebounds. He was making Bam his son. Uh, and a lot, of that, a lot of his rebounds weren't on Bam because Bam's out on the perimeter, so Capella's getting matched up with the Kyle Lowry or Caleb Martin. Uh, and... Part of that is on Spo because he continues to implement this rotate everything defense. Part of it's on the front office because it's really just a roster construction problem. There's only so much Eric Spolster can do when you're giving him one legitimate big man, which is Bam Adebayo. Because Kevin Love's not a big man. Cody Zeller, Cody Zeller didn't even play for like the first quarter, quarter or two of the game. I don't know why he he was the only addition to this team uh, from last season that has been positive. Because I guess the only other option was Kevin Love, and he's no good. And I guess Nikola Jovic, who's 19 and, and already has back problems, but whatever. Uh, Miami did go on a run in the third to cut the lead to five, but it all stopped when Bam Adebayo missed a wide-open layup at the rim. That's why, for me, this game keeps coming back to Bam Adebayo because he showed just how soft he is that game. When you – it was a beautiful drive. It was either by Gabe or Caleb or someone. Beautiful drive. Dropped it off right to Bam in a dunker spot. Could have went up and put it uh, put the heat only down by three. But, no, Bam goes up soft with his little layup. Didn't even hit the rim. You are the biggest, strongest, fastest guy on the court. Go up and dunk on their heads, Bam. That's what's so frustrating to me. He's so – so soft. And even when he was getting boxed out by Clint Capella, he was just getting shoved out of the way. And I hear all the time about how strong he is, how he legitimately holds the heat uh, locker room or, or weight room records and all that stuff. I don't see it. I don't see it. Even in the next game, he only took nine shots. That's against Nikola Vucevic, uh, Vucevic, who's habitually one of the worst defenders in the entire league, and he was one for nine. I don't want to get into the next game yet. We'll, we'll, we will get back into that point. Trust me. Uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, it was in the first half of the season, Bam Adebayo uh, was the only guy that Heat fans were able to say took a clear jump this season. 
I was hesitant to say that at first because we've seen a lot of this from Bam over the years where he'll score 40 points versus Brooklyn and then score 10 points the next night. So I was always hesitant to say he took a jump because he would be one of the more inconsistent offensive players on this team. But after the first half of the season where pretty much every single game he was great, he's obviously averaging over 20 points a game, doing it efficiently, that mid-range jumper was silky smooth and he was getting to it whenever he wants, which is the sign of a star player to me. I said, you know what? I think I'm officially ready to say that Bam Adebayo took a jump this season. But then I was like, well, the only way he could make me change my mind is if he falls off the face of the earth the second half of the season. That's not going to happen, right? No. That's literally exactly what happened. Since the All-Star break, he's been terrible. People will point at the numbers and say, okay, he's still at 17 points per game. You're still getting the defense. No, no, no. If you watch these games, he is a completely different player after the All-Star break. He's not getting to that pull-up uh, dotted line jumper anymore. The defense has been lackadaisical more times than it hasn't. Now, he was good defensively uh, in his last game versus Chicago, and he, and he had some good stops in, in the Hawks game as well. Uh, but obviously, the, the rebounding was an issue there. But no, he's not the same player. Uh, I'm looking forward to see if he does anything against the Bucks to change my mind. I'm not hopeful. Uh, and then we're going to go into next year and just pray that he does take a jump, uh, which he might. He's only 25 or 26. Certainly not one of those people that gives up on anybody under 30. I'm not going to do that. But this season, he took a jump, and then I feel like he had major, major regressing in the second half of the season, which is concerning to me. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, I said how this was all the front office problems. They have no size. Anytime Bam was on the perimeter, they were screwed. Extra frustrating because I'd, I would see Bam on the perimeter and I'd say, okay, they're going to miss and then Capella's going to get the rebound. Ten seconds later, that's exactly what happens. If, if I see it, I don't know how Spo doesn't see it. I don't know why he didn't try anything different, whether it's even playing a Bam-Zeller lineup. I don't think it'll work, but you got to try something because what you currently were doing wasn't working. If only you had the Heat's all-time leader in rebounds. Udonis has him on the roster. Oh, wait, they do. They could have put him out there. They could have put Yurtsevin out there. And again, I don't think any one of those would work, but how do you not try nothing? Capella was doing the same thing over and over and over again for 48 minutes or however long he was out there. I felt like it was a very poor, uh, poorly coached game by Spo. I felt like it was a clear display of all the, the lack of talent that this roster has, uh, and I thought it showed how soft Bam Adebayo was. Uh, as far as Jimmy Butler, uh, I'm not too mad at him. He's just a He's a, a, a superstar player who had a bad game. The thing that was frustrating to me is how he kind of guaranteed a dub. I know Trey Young said after the game, Jimmy guaranteed a dub. He didn't exactly guarantee it. He just kind of said, we'll get the dub. Soft guarantee. I've seen Jimmy do worse, but that's off topic. It was frustrating to me how he was doing all that talk and then came out and had one of his worst performances, if not his worst performance of the season. Uh, it gave me stupidly locked in vibes which was very, very stupid to me uh, after the fact. Obviously, I was hyped when he said it. But you don't say you're stupidly locked in and then get outscored by Bryn Forbes. Same thing in that game against the Hawks. You don't say we're going to get a dub and then miss 17 layups. Uh, he was terrible. But that being said, they did have another chance against the Chicago Bulls to redeem themselves. Uh, going into the game, I did not pick the Heat. I did pick the Bulls uh, only because the Bulls uh, have given us problems this year. Uh, and I thought Vucevic would kill the Heat because we just saw Capella kill the Heat. Uh, and I just think the Bulls are, it's the battle of the mid. You know, I, I, wasn't, I wouldn't be shocked if the Heat won. I, I'm not shocked that they won, I guess. But I did pick the Bulls going into the game. As far as did I want to win, 
initially, no. Uh, I, I kind of wanted the higher draft pick was part of it, but because I believe if they would have lost, they pick 14. And now that they win, I think they pick no lower than 20. Uh, but also, I, I think we're going to see exactly what happened in 2021 versus the Bucks this year versus the Bucks. That was not fun. That was a depressing time. Uh, and if I could avoid that, I would like to avoid that. Uh, but that being said, as the game started going, I, I wanted to win, man. Y'all know that my guy, Max Drews, it, uh, I, I love him. I got a lot of love for that guy. Uh, when he was coming up over the last year or two, he was so excited to watch the way he would get hot. Uh, and he was on fire to start the game. 12 points in the first few minutes. I think he scored all the Heat's 12 points. Uh, he obviously had that one three that was taken away because he set that a bounce. That was ironic for obvious reasons, but he was incredible. 23 points in the first half had me so hyped, bro. Finished with 31 along with Jimmy Butler, who was amazing down the stretch. And when Jimmy had that tough and one at the end of the game where he did the, the, the step in over Levine and then he got bodied by Vucevic and absorbed the contact in the air from the seven-footer and readjusted with the left hand, put it off the glass. That is so tough. He makes it look so easy, and Jimmy Butler is one of the strongest players I've ever seen, and it never ceases to amaze me. They were down one going uh, into the fourth, uh, but uh, that's when Jimmy kind of took over because really didn't do much in the second half, uh, but that's when Jimmy kind of took over, and they were able to get the win, and I was very, very excited. Now, for the Heat fans, or uh, oh, well, I guess Bam and Bow, uh, let's talk about him before we, we move on. Uh, he has 17 rebounds. Great. I love it. Way to bounce back after getting bodied the game before. Uh, you saw one for nine. Uh, I don't like how all these Heat fans, and even Jimmy Butler in the postgame was giving Bam a lot of credit, which he, he should do. You don't got to talk uh, down on Bam negatively, negatively if you're Jimmy. But all the Heat fans are like, yeah, Bam had a great game, great bounce back game. Is, is this the standard that we set for Bam now? You can shoot one for nine against Nikola Vucevic and have 17 rebounds and all, all of a sudden she had a great game. That is, that is a pitiful performance by me. All the times teams attack our weaknesses, like I was saying earlier, they attacked Tyler Hero, they attacked Duncan Robinson, they attacked Max Struess. When Kyle Lowry was starting, he was getting attacked. Why do the Heat teams never attack the other team's mismatches? That's one thing that I actually loved about the Hawks game. Kyle Lowry got hot because he was attacking Trey Young, who is statistically the worst defender in the league. So now you go into this game versus the Bulls, and you got Nikola Vucevic, who Bulls fans will tell you is a god-awful defender. It's something really anyone who's had Vucevic on the team will tell you, the Magic. Uh, they'll tell you the same thing, Magic fans. I wanted to see Bam Adebayo kill him because Vucevic is a great rebounder. He's a great offensive big. Uh, why, couldn't they uh, why couldn't they attack him? Bam was one for nine. That should never happen, especially for a guy that all his shots are at the rim. And why? It's because he's soft. He's scared to go up, dunk on somebody's head, which we've seen him do all the time. But now it seems when the stakes are big, he's, he's not the same no more. As we've gotten closer and closer to these playoffs and the games got bigger and bigger, he started to fold. Which is weird because he was the best player in the 2020 Eastern Conference Finals versus the Bulls. So I don't know what happened. Uh, and he had some solid games in the playoffs last year as well. But I'm very, very disappointed in Bam at about now, as far as the Heat fans that wanted to lose this game, again, I 100% understand that. But as the game ended, I started to think more and more about that pick. And I was like, okay, well, the difference between 14 and 20 in the draft, how big a difference is it? Because I certainly believe they're going to trade that pick. So it's not like we have to worry about getting a, a higher picked player on this team. And then I started thinking, well, who can you trade the pick for? 
obviously the name that's out there right now, which is a dream, I will say, is Damian Lillard. Uh, and I think if the only way that he could get Dame, by the way, is if he demanded a trade to Miami. Like, he can't have a list. If he has a list, somebody else will beat us. He has to demand specifically Miami. And if he does, I believe Portland will, you know, abide by his request. I don't think they'll send him anywhere he doesn't want to go. And I don't think whether the Heat have a 14th pick in the draft or the 20th pick in the draft is going to make a difference to Portland whether we get Dame or not. If he wants to come here, I think he will be here. Now, if you're talking about somebody else, like maybe I heard Jeremy Grant might be back on the, on the chopping block, I don't think the pick between 14 and 20 makes that big of a difference either. So at the end of the day, I don't think they're drafting that spot. I think they're trading the pick. So where, where they picked, I don't think it's that big a difference. And the fact that people say this is a deep draft, it probably means less of a difference because you could probably still get a really, really good player at 20. So I don't care that much. It started to turn more for me that now I have to watch this team four more times against the Milwaukee Bucks, which is not going to be pretty. That's really all I got to say about these last two games, though. So I, I at least I, I am excited that I get some more basketball to watch because at the end of the day, I'm a basketball fan. Now, this feeling might end five minutes into the next game when they're down 20 points, but we'll see. You can't have a crazy all-time upset without getting there first, right? Uh, I'm going to clip this when the, Heat are, when the Heat lose the first game by 30. But we'll get into the, the Milwaukee prediction next. I do want to talk about uh, there was a big discussion on Twitter about how to fan because, of course, the Heat fans that wanted to lose were getting a lot of slack from the Heat fans that wanted to win. Uh, one, that why? Why do you care how people fan, all, all the people on Twitter that argue amongst each other? Uh, it's really sad to me because I think at the end of the day, we should all be a family because we're all Heat fans in the in the social media space uh, and even the content creation space. There's a lot of different networks going at each other. Uh, I know there was people that is uh, is mad at the basement uh, who thinks that they want their team to lose. Uh, that is very short-sighted in my opinion because the people on the basement that want the, the Heat to lose is so they can ultimately win more next year those people on the basement are smart enough and have the, the insight to realize this Heat team, this, this rendition of the Heat team is not a championship roster. Therefore, if you lose more this year, you get a better pick. You have more assets to go ahead and be better next year and in the future. They're not blindly putting their face into this team and saying, okay, because I'm a fan, I have to think they can win every single night because that's just not realistic. Now, if you don't want to be a realistic, if you like being a, a blind, optimistic fan, that's fine too. I could understand why you'd want to go into every single game and win no matter what, because all you care about is the moment more than the future, which is fine. That's a completely reasonable way to live as well. But you shouldn't go back and forth, and this goes on both sides. Both sides shouldn't go back and forth telling people how to fan, uh, because I, I've seen it on, on both sides. But at the end of the day, I don't really care enough to get involved. That's just kind of my two cents on the matter. Now. Uh, this matchup versus the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, I'm going to leave it simple. I'm going to say I do not think there is a single double-digit game, and I think the Heat gets swept. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be pretty. Now, Bryn Forbes is not walking through that door, but they got a bunch of other guys that can kill us. Multiple of them were on the Miami Heat. I think Goran Dragic is in for a giant revenge series. I think Jay Crowder is in for a big series. And Myers Leonard will probably have a 20-point game also just to piss all of us off. So I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, not to mention all the other white dudes they have, like uh, uh, Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. They're probably going to kill us, too. And, oh, yeah, that's right. The Bucks also start multiple seven-footers. Uh, Struess is going to be guarding Giannis Adenokounmpo or Brooke Lopez or one or the other. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> it, I, I, 
just think about it. If you're a Heat fan that thinks they have any chance, how? Explain it to me. Explain it to me with a straight face because they just, they're too small. They're too small, man. And I know when we did beat the Bucks in 2020, you had Jay Crowder, who's not the biggest guy either, but he's not Struess. Like P.J. Tucker, he plays very, very big. And losing Jay Crowder and then losing P.J. Tucker, it hurts. I, I think it hurts a lot. So I don't think it's going to be pretty. But that's really all my only predictions on that. The next game, I think, is tomorrow, is Sunday. Uh, so the Heat get no rest. Uh, they said on the broadcast the Heat have the advantage because they're still in rhythm. I disagree. The Milwaukee Bucks are well-rested, and that's a championship team who gladly accepts the rest. Uh, I think they're going to kill us in game one, and I think that's going to continue. But I hope I'm wrong. I certainly hope I'm wrong. I do want to get into my playoff prediction for the rest of these teams here. Really did not put that much thought into it because I've just been really keeping up with Well, I've been keeping up with everyone watching all the games, of course, but I didn't put a lot of research into these other games. Just going off the heart. I think that uh, starting off, we got the Heat Bucks. I'll say Bucks in four. Then we got Cavs Knicks. I'm saying Cavs in five. Uh, legitimately think the Cavs have a real shot at making the NBA Finals and beating the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I'm not picking them, but uh, that team is awesome. They are so, their starting lineup is so incredible with Garland and Mitchell and Mobley and Allen. They are awesome. Uh, big fan of that team. I think the Knicks are frauds, so that got Cavs in four. Philly, I think they're frauds as well, but Brooklyn just doesn't have enough talent. But I'll still give Brooklyn two games. We'll say Philly in six. Uh, Boston, I think they are frauds as well. Jalen Brown is the only player on that team that I trust, and his hand is broke. So I'll give Atlanta two games in this one. We'll say Boston in six. Uh, Denver is now playing Minnesota. If they were playing uh, uh, OKC, I was going to say Denver in five or six. Uh, they'll be Minnesota in four. Uh, Phoenix, uh, uh, LA, I think LA is frauds. I think Paul George is a fraud, and he's not even playing. So I'm going to say uh, Phoenix in five there. I hate picking against the Sacramento Kings because everybody's doing that, and they've proven time and time again this year that they're an amazing team. I'm going to pick against them. I'm going to say Warriors in six. And as far as Lakers and Memphis, I have a rule. I do not like to bet against LeBron. But that Memphis team is so deep, man. I'm going to say Memphis in six, even though I hate to bet against LeBron. Uh, I know a lot of people are picking the Lakers, so that's not a super unpopular pick. But uh, I'm going to go with Memphis. They're, they're, a deep, they're a deep team, man. Uh, last thing here, I want to, or last NBA-related thing here, I guess, I want to get into these award finalists, which were all announced. Uh, again, didn't put much research into this, just going based off the heart. We got the finalists for MVP, Giannis, Joel, and Jokic. Uh, I'm going to go with Embiid, just because I think it's all close, and uh, the other two guys already have two MVPs, so I just think they give it to the guy who hasn't. Really not a fan of any of these guys. Uh, Jokic, obvious reasons, because of the Markeith Morris incident. And B because he's a major flopper, and then yeah, what is this? My roommate just brought me a uh, Kawhi Leonard jersey, even though I just picked uh, the Suns in five. But you know what? I'll go ahead and show some support the rest of the game for Kawhi. It was actually funny last night. Me and him were both wearing Bulls uh, shirts. <laughs> I don't know why we. Well, I have a Michael Jordan jersey, which I don't feel like is uncommon. He has a Bulls shirt for I have no idea why, but. Uh, but yeah, we were both kind of rooting for the Bulls low-key there, even though I was getting hyped for the Heat. Anyways, uh, I don't like Giannis because of uh, he didn't come to the Heat. That might be petty, but fine. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, three guys who don't deserve to be there. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, always gets in foul trouble, plays 20 minutes a night. Brooke Lopez, he can block shots, can't do anything else. Uh, and Evan Mobley, now nah, he, he's, he's him. He's him. Uh, Bam Adebayo should be on this list. He should be on this list every year. He's not. 
Uh, I'm still going to go with Evan Mobley here because he's the only one that deserves to be there, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, let me not act like the other guys are good. I'm just being a hater, like acknowledgedly a hater. But uh, I'm not a fan of the other two guys, so I'm going to say Evan Mobley. Uh, most improved award, you got Brunson, Shea, and Lowry. I uh, love Brunson and Shea. They're awesome, but they've been awesome. Lowry's clearly took the biggest jump here, so we'll go with Lowry Markkinen. Uh, rookie of the year, uh, again, three guys I like, Paulo Boncaro, bon Walker Kessler, Jalen Williams, that's J-Dub. Uh, they've all been great. Paulo's been the best. I don't care that his shooting numbers are terrible. Most rookies are. Uh, sixth man of the year, we got Malcolm Brogdon, Bobby Portis, and Emmanuel Quickly. Jeez, they're making me pick between a Celtic, a Buck, and a, a New York Knicks player. Let's go Malcolm Brogdon. He seems like the nicest guy. Uh, clutch player of the year, De'Aaron Fox, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler. I know De'Aaron Fox, uh, his, his fourth quarter numbers and clutch numbers are insane. I don't care. I'm going with my boy, Jimmy Butler. Uh, and coach of the year, we got Mike Brown, Mark Daynault, and Joe Mazzula. Let's go with the OKC coach, man, Mark Daynault. That team is, I believe, the youngest team of all time, and they are number one in defense. That is an insane statistic. They even lead the Heat in, in charges drawn this season. They're number one, the Thunder, uh, by a lot. To have the youngest team of all time, and they're that good defensively, and, the, and even taking charge was like a veteran thing, I'm going with him. I'm very, very impressed with that Thunder roster, uh, and I'm big fans of, of what they got going on. Uh, that's all the basketball-related stuff I got. Uh, the Florida Panthers, I just wanted to shout out for the, uh, to them. They did make the playoffs. Shout out to Alex Lyon for hooping. And when you get a hot goal t- uh, goalkeeper going into the playoffs, anything can happen. I know they're going against the Boston Bruins, which s- so, uh, with all people are saying they're one of the best teams ever, I guess. I don't really watch that much hockey. Uh, but I'll be watching the Panthers, so hopefully they do well. Uh, and, and I do want to say, too, uh, for anyone living in South Florida, particularly Fort, Fort Lauderdale, I hope y'all good with the flood. Uh, as y'all know, I've been uh, in this uh, adult men's adult league with my roommate who just gave me the jersey. Uh, and we've been driving back uh, to Fort Lauderdale every week for the games. The location of the game, uh, the gym where we play, was in the exact spot where the worst flooding was. And that was a nightmare night. Uh, needless to say, the games got canceled, but they got canceled very close to tip-off. So it was irrelevant. We were already down there. Half my team made it to the gym. I fortunately wasn't able to because I could not find a street to turn down that didn't have 18 inches of water and didn't have 100 cars stalled on it. Uh, So eventually I'm driving around for an hour trying to find my way to the gym. I get the email that the game was canceled. I go home. But now unfortunately for everybody that was there, including half half of our team, half of our opponent's team, the teams before us, the teams after us, the refs, they were all stranded there. That parking lot got historic records of flooding, and they were not able to get out. Anybody that attempted to get out got their car stalled. Uh, they were, our game was supposed to uh, be at, I think it was like 830, 840. Uh, so obviously our team got there around 730, about an hour early. Uh, they were stranded there until 230 a.m. The flooding was very bad. If y'all are not in Fort Lauderdale or Broward County, you're not aware of the flooding, did not see the news, you got to look it up because it is some historic, crazy, like nightmare scenarios. Uh, and I could not believe what I was seeing with my own eyes. And out of all the places for our game to be played, it was right It was right in there. But we're all good. We're all safe. Everybody but, uh, got back home safe. So I do want to hope that everyone listens to this. They are safe as well if they're in the Fort Lauderdale area. And hopefully everybody's cars are good too. But that's really all I got for this episode. I know that he played tomorrow versus the Bucks. 
We'll see what happens. I'll probably keep. I'll probably come to y'all sometime next week with a recap of the first couple games, uh, and hopefully they surprise me because I want something different to talk about. But that's all I got. I'll see y'all next time. Pull up in the city, tryna get that dead fast slice. Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight. Had to kill him off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.